Hey everybody, it's your boy Will here, uh, fresh in the middle of my California sojourn. In a little bit, you'll be hearing another movie episode with special guest Sarah Squirm. But before then, just a quick reminder that this Saturday on the Twitch stream, Chris Wade will be hanging out with friend of the show Dan Beckner of Wolf Parade and Operators. Uh, we're going to be watching some videos, live concert footage, and most importantly, promoting the upcoming Frequency Festival. Tickets still available. Once again, this Saturday, twitch.tv slash shopotraphouse from 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tune in, hang out. We'll be dropping by. And once again, tickets still available to the Frequency Festival. Without further ado, equilibrium. <laughs> In a future where feelings are illegal. Fall of Boston. 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 In a not-so-distant future where being horny is illegal. Uh, Sarah, go again. In a not-so-distant future where the hot director is also in the movie he made. <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, in a world where crying uh, is not just gay, it's also illegal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, in 2002, America was reeling from 9-11. We didn't know where we were on feelings. We didn't know if they were good or bad. It was, you know, George W. Bush made a speech about how, like, they didn't know if they were going to outlaw feelings or not, because that's why 9-11 happened, is feelings. People felt like they wanted the gold at the bottom of the Black Eagle Trust in Tower 1 and to burn all the insurance documents of the Black Eagle Trust gold in Tower 7. But um, then an amazing man came along, a man named Kurt Wimmer, who's beautiful, and he came up with the greatest movie of all time. I can describe this film, Equilibrium, as if uh, John Hamm's character in 30 Rock tried to write Philip K. Dick. <laughs> I would describe it as a nearly two-hour adaptation of the original uh, Apple TV commercial directed by Ridley Scott, yes. where conformity is smashed by, yeah. uh, by personal computing devices. Um, folks, we've, uh, are, you know, we've been talking about some heavy shit the last couple episodes. You know, Israel-Palestine, the uh, secret military of uh, uh, Six Flags guys who are doing false flag terrorist attacks across th- America. Th- this is the secret military. <laughs> but So for today's episode, we thought we'd switch things up a little bit and induct a movie into the Chapo canon that uh, longtime fans of the show will realize that we have been referencing for a long time now. And Six it's, years. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably Felix's favorite movie. Yes. It's, as we already said, as you mentioned, it's Equilibrium. Came out in 2002 as part of the sort of uh, Matrix knockoff boom, but it, in fact it is better than the Matrix and better than most movies ever made. Yeah, so this is like there are three greatest movies ever. They're all tied: Butterfly Effect, Alpha Dog, and Equilibrium. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into it today. But joining us for this episode in our foray into feelings, it's Sarah Squirm. Everybody, I have a lot of feelings. Lock me up, honey. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this is uh, this is Equilibrium, uh, directed by Kurt Kurt Wimmer. Yes, Kurt Wimmer, uh, starring Christian Bale, Tay Diggs, and Emily Watson. Like I said, this is this is very much a uh, people thought this was going to be the next Matrix, but essentially American society was too stupid to yeah. understand this movie and appreciate it for what it is. But we're I think we're going to give it its proper due today. But before we start, 
Uh, Felix, you mentioned that you liked this movie so much when you first saw it, you showed it to your parents when you were 12. I, I in fact, did. I was obsessed with this movie when I was 12. I, like, I did, like, um, I had, like, some, like, bullshit job that you give 12-year-olds, like, getting your neighbor's mail. And I would, like, you know, use it to just buy, like, shit. I would, like, go to Chinatown and buy a katana. <laughs> like, like buy a buy an army rangers knife online that my mom would confiscate or like the dvd to equilibrium and i was so obsessed with it as like i thought it, the gun kata was so fucking sick that i would like watch this with director's commentary with kurt wimmer like when i was going to sleep i would put it on my computer and then just lie in my bed and listen to kurt wimmer go yeah, and if you look at the symbol on the muzzle flashes, it's actually the Tetragrammaton cleric symbol. It's very Aww. cool. And, and I'd be like, what a great director. And then I think, like, I forgot how I even, like, managed to do this because it's like, well, we liked action movies in my house. Like, my dad loved action movies. And, you know, one of the, like, the first R-rated movie I saw was just, like, Terminator 2 was on the TV when I was, like, a little kid. So I was like, I think I sold it that way. I was like, oh, this is, like, Terminator 2. And I was basically like, no, we have to watch this as a family. <laughs> and my, my parents are like, what the fuck? Like when like, AJ Soprano gave his mom the Matrix TV. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's exact, like, yeah. I was going to wrap it, but it's wasteful to the environment. Well, okay, so for, for those of you who don't know, uh, Equilibrium, I mean, like, basically, how, how should I describe this movie? It's sort of like, what if there were a society where everything worked and nothing was fucked up? I mean, like, we live in sort of a dystopian freaking hell world here. Yeah. But what if we lived in a totally normal world? Yeah. And the thing is, the, the, the problem with everything in human society, one thing, feelings. It's feelings. Yeah. It's feelings. So what if we just got rid of feelings? If we got rid of feelings, we would all be able to walk uh, around wearing the same outfits, not making eye contact, going about our jobs, Everything very chill and cool. Listening to giant speakers and holograms of dudes telling us that it's cool not to have feelings, and yeah. we would all be doing great. Yeah. So, like every so in equilibrium, they live in a place called Libria, and <laughs> it's like most of humanity seems to have been wiped out by World War Three, and their response is to basically make everyone take Lexapro. Yeah. They have to take this thing called. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think prosium. it's just It's called prosium. 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 Yeah. They're really going there, light, yeah. light, uh, light touch there, prosium. Yeah, and it's like everyone has to shoot these vials into their necks, and every the only everyone I don't even know where anyone works. They're all wearing like <laughs> boiler suits. It's like a crowd of people wearing boiler suits going to different gray buildings, and it's like okay. Well, what is your job? I ever, uh, have, most of the population in Libria works at the the hall of walking in single file. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> From what and, we see, the job they all have is killing people who have feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the make work project. We divide humanity into two parts: people with feelings and them without, and then the ones without just kill the ones who have feelings. And, and like then that's the, the economy. The only like I guess you could call it entertainment is like listening to the same speech by like the you know administrator Breen type figure father. Who like lo looks like he's looks like a guy he's the opposite of Martin Noakes who sang the Trial of Tony Blair my favorite song, um, and like he, every day he just does this speech where it's like mankind only wants war, <laughs> but when you have feelings, war becomes as simple as drinking a glass of water. So what if we work together, not for war but for peace? And it just like he's apparently been doing this speech every day for like twenty years. <laughs> Like, while everyone's going to their job in the incineration hall. 
The big brother character in this movie looks as if like uh, Steve Jobs didn't do that diet where he ate only vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, it, as, the, as the film begins, it lets you know that in the, the first years of the 21st century, uh, a third world war broke out and mankind knew that it could never survive a fourth. And we get a sort of montage of uh, Stalin and Saddam Hussein. And it was sort of like, how do we stop these, the, these, these feelings monsters? These guys who have these feelings. <laughs> yeah, that's why Saddam was bad, was his feelings. He was too in his feelings. Yeah, like, uh, so how, how do we stop them? Well, the answer is they invented something called the Grammaton Clerics. <laughs> <laughs> and like the Grammaton Clerics, they, have, they do a form of karate known as gun kata. Yes. Where they're like, they can kill the maximum amount of people in the room by like waving their guns around. Their <laughs> no, but, and then also it imagines the gun, gunfire. Yeah. It imagines the gun as a total weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Through analysis of thousands of recorded gunfights, the cleric has determined that the geometric distribution of antagonists in any gun battle is a statistically predictable element. The gun cutter treats the gun as a total weapon, each fluid position representing a maximum kill zone, inflicting maximum damage on the maximum number of opponents, while keeping the defender clear of the statistically traditional trajectories of return fire. A lot of people think of a gun as just something that like fires a bullet no, at a target. No no, 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 no. It's so much more than that. You, you move, move it around. You move it around. You, there's a little, uh, there's a button you can press that puts little spokes that come out of the end of the clip so you can punch people in the head with it. Yeah. And you can use it for a bunch of different things. But the Tetragrammaton's clerics, their job is to like go into this region called the Nethers, which is like an exurb of Libria, where like everyone who looks like, you know, guys who have been on Caroline Calloway's Instagram story, <laughs> like they all like they all like listen to Captain and Tennille and cry because like their job is to kill these guys who aren't taking uh, Lexapro. <laughs> they they kill like seventy thousand of these guys a day. Yeah, yeah, they're very proud of the civilization they've created that doesn't have any war. It just has an, a daily uh, gunfight that kills five hundred people <laughs> for the crime of of chuckling to yourself reading a funky Winker Beam yeah. column that had been sort of yeah. secreted into the the Librian society. <laughs> Sir, we found the original press of Jesse's Girl. Let's execute. 1.3 million people who heard it. We have to kill these people before they release all the snappy answers to stupid questions <laughs> into the water supply. Yeah, we're going to get into it, but they're like, the culture that the feeling, the they're called sense offenders in the movie <laughs> that they have is so awesome. Like, it's just shit. Like, it just sucks. But. And you could tell when someone's a sense pest when they're wearing ripped jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing they have in common is that they... Hoard crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, honestly, it's a war on hoarding really more yeah. than a war on feelings. Because, yes. like, in the Tetragrammatron society and the Grammatron clerics, like, they live in houses just very minimalist. They got no decor, yep. no posters, no art, no, 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 no kitsch anywhere. It's just, like, just sort of very flat gray beds and, you know, and then, and then uh, mirrors with no frames on them. Yeah. We'll get yeah. into that later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the way you rebel is like, yeah, you're like, I'm going to listen to a Chicago record in, in an abandoned Ikea that I live in. They're like, you know, it's like DIY people versus like Germans. That's how I would describe this movie. It's like all the rebels are like the DIY guys who are like, it's it's like 2021. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm still with the punk spirit. Uh, part of that is like 
trying to trick 17 year olds into moving into this building that I live in <laughs> and like having it burned down and saying that it's not my fault. The rebels live in kitsch apartments and the clerics live in Wayfair apartments. And that's yes, a big divide. Yes. Yeah. Everything, like all the clothes for the Tetragrammaton clerics are like if they made Reformation dresses for men. <laughs> they wear gator waiter suits. Yeah. So the, the film begins with like a, a sort of a, a SWAT raid on a feelings house. <laughs> Yeah. And like so, like they got the SWAT team there, and then they then they're like they're like we the, the site is secure, sir. Like you know, and, he, and the and then the, um, Christian Bale and his partner, his fellow Grammatron cleric played by um, Sean Bean, show up, and they're like, we got this. And then they like uh, basically uh, they're like they've secured the hallway, and there's like a secure door where behind it the feelings criminals are, and Christian Bale runs at it, kicks it down, and then stands in total darkness for like a good three seconds while people are like, wait, what's going on? I can't see anything. And then he uses gun kata to kill all of them. Yeah. yeah. And again, gun kata is when, you know, you've heard of punching, you've heard of kicking, but what if you're punching and kicking with a gun? That's it. Yep. That's, that's three times the lethality. Um, we should talk a little bit about um, Christian Bale in this role. Uh, Christian Bale as the, the, the Grammaton cleric John Preston. Um, basically, he's like Neo, but better. Because he has hair like Gavin Newsom. <laughs> yeah, and this is like, make no mistake. Like we're, you may think we're like making fun of the premise of the movie, but this is what California wants to do with the pandemic. <laughs> this is what Newsom wants. So yeah, so uh, they, so like the, the feelings traders, they're executed on site, um, but like they find a huge stash of music and art, including like they, they, they tear up the floorboards and they find the Mona Lisa <laughs> yeah, just, just hidden under the floorboards of this, uh, this feelings house. Yeah. You, you can't let people see that because they're going to start catching feelings. Yeah. So they got to And, and they, they put like a Nokia N gauge over the Mona Lisa and it's like scanning 100% real. <laughs> so sick. And then they bring in the flamethrower crew and they just, they torch all the feelings. Yeah. All, it's like, so there's a big part of this movie is that art it's sort of a meta commentary because this movie is trying to say that art is dangerous and it's dangerous to totalitarian societies. So the first thing they'd want to do is get rid of cool art and music yeah. like Equilibrium <laughs> yeah. and the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Which are the same. Like, Equilibrium is to movies as Mona Lisa is to paintings. Yeah. I mean, that's clear. What's more emo, though, than burning a bunch of paintings in someone's weird apartment? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, see, that's part of it is that all these people, all these uh, feelings cops, they're all sitting on just a volcano of feelings that they can't acknowledge. Yeah, they're hypocrites, and that's the worst thing they do. Not the... Well, we'll get into the who I think the true villain of the movie is. You know, that scene in the yard, <laughs> like, midway through the movie. But, yeah. Um, Ma'am, is that a Mona Lisa in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, like I said, uh, Christian Bale and, and Sean Bean are uh, Grammaton clerics, and they're, like, the highest level of feelings cop that exists. Because they know gun cotton. Yeah, because there's a bunch of other cops who just absolutely they are use like guns the regular way. Oafs, they <laughs> they just suck. Have, they have huge machine guns, but they never know how to shoot them. They get killed instantly. But if you're a, if you're a Grammaton cleric, you have gunkata. You are essentially a one man what WMD. Yeah, the regular cops carry G36 rifles and wear like you know a coat you would wear to Bergheim in 2001, <laughs> like a big leather trench coat. And it's like if you just run towards them, they'll fall over. Like, they're repeatedly killed in this movie by being, like, slapped on the ear. <laughs> um, but we begin to get, like, the, you know, all is not well in, in the perfect feeling, no-feeling society because after they, after they execute the, uh, the, the sense criminals, um, they're, like, they're heading back to the, the hall of, the hall of no-feelings, <laughs> the hall of the no-fun zone, a.k.a. The, the city of Libria. 
And Christian Bale is sort of like, he's like, hey, like, wait, wh- 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 what's that in your pocket? And we see Sean Bean has, has just sort of like for himself, he just very slyly has put a collection of Yeats's poetry yeah. into his leather trench coat. But it's just like he sat down in a car. You know how that is. Like your pocket opens yeah. up, your shit falls out of your pocket. And then yep. it's like you have to, you know, dig around in the car seats to get it. And it's like, there it is. It's a volume of Yeats's poetry. And Christian Bale is like, hey, are we supposed to burn that? Like, what happened to the evidence collection unit? It needs to be all sent to the Hall of Evidence. And he's just like, oh, sometimes they, they make mistakes. I'm going to take it to the Hall of Evidence personally. And Christian Bale, because, you know, he doesn't have, doesn't have that intuition anymore. He's just sort of like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, then, then, then we get to see uh, Libria. A city of the future. If you've ever wondered why there aren't enough blimps in our society, <laughs> it's because we don't have we have too many fucking feelings yeah. screwing it up. Blimps are like the most efficient way to travel, but and like the most efficient way to spread a message. Like, don't attention, citizen. Make sure to take your Lexapro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, this is like what life is like in New York. This is what De Bunglero has done. No, like the, the depiction of Libria was very much like Bill de Blasio's New York. It's exactly like it. It's just very, everything is drab and gray, and people are sort of marching in lockstep and um, just, just feeling bad but not willing to, to say anything about it. Yeah. And, and, and there's blimps saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take your pills. <laughs> take your pills and uh, get a Metro card. Yeah. yeah. Those, yeah, those, those, the schizophrenic intuition you have, they're delusions. They're schizophrenic delusions. I um, mean, like, yeah, like the, 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 the giant screens that indoctrinate society are saying things like, uh, there, there is a disease in the heart of man, and it needs to be cured with the opium of the masses. Yeah, no, they call, they call the pill that, or the vial that everyone has to take the opium of the masses, and it's like, you really get the sense of the kind of guy Kurt Wimmer is, which is not like an ideologue, but he's just like vaguely picked up things from history. Like he, someone told him something from like the, the like big red book of communism and someone told him something from like nazi germany and like so he just vaguely remembered the phrase opiate of the masses and he's like oh that's what a dictator would say about a thing he likes (laughs) (laughs) no it's sort of like uh you know when you get on the subway it's like stand clear of the closing doors except in this society it says things like feelings lead to do (laughs) no it says uh art leads to feeling and feeling leads to war if you see anyone enjoying art kill them (laughs) (laughs) and my favorite part in like the the scene where they're introducing you to this like you know uh terrible dystopian society is like there's just a sea of people just sort of like drudging in gray color looking at the floor and then above them all there's just this random child who just points out an old man who's immediately carried away to be executed this is just a child who's like he's got feelings yeah he saw like an old man frowning and it's like no we have to kill him or in like a year there's going to be war so essentially christian bale is the head of the feelings police and and the movie is sort of a his journey to become the Chris Dorner of the feelings police. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I um, mean, yeah. the thing is, like, he is, uh, as, as they explain, he is the very best at tracking down sense offenders because he's able to um, use a form of, of non-feeling empathy to imagine and intuit, you know, uh, how, how, what someone is thinking or feeling, you know, even if they have a totally blank face and they're just pretending not to. But despite being the best sense cop of all time, uh, we learn that his wife was incinerated for sense crimes four years ago. She was doing sense crime right under his nose. And despite, you know, and then like uh, the, the bad guy played by uh, Angus McFadden, who was uh, Robert the Bruce in Braveheart and uh, the main guy in Saw 3. Um, he, he says, he's like, oh, 
pretty weird that you're a top sense cop and your wife was catching feels on the low. Why didn't you report her? Why didn't you see it? And he was like, it's my biggest disappointment, sir. I'll never let it happen again. They're like, okay, well, if you do, you'll be killed. They have the society where they have banned feelings and they still have like marriages and nuclear families. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Really make sense. It's supposed to work. Like, yeah. How do you pick the woman that you like love? It just, or like no, you're, that you you're gonna get married. No, no, you're going to jail if you even said that. No, well, yeah, it's, it's funny because like uh, they introduced this, and then like there's all these things where like uh, Angus McFadden, the bad guy, keeps trying to catch him out by just being like, "How does that make you feel, Pre- Cleric Preston?" <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> "Well, uh, not like much." And they're like, "Really, not much?" You say, "Yeah." Yeah, no, everybody, it seems like a very stressful work environment because every interaction is someone trying to test you. Well, that's how they get you. There's no such thing as stressful. You fell into the trap. But they like break their own rules all the time because like people will randomly like yell at each other over feeling stuff or like smile when they think they've caught somebody feeling. But it's like, no, that's you, dude. Yeah, you just feel a feeling. They're like, he's like a cleric precedent. What would you say if I said that? A hundred citizens were caught passing around a, a secret copy of Dave Barry's Guide to Guys and having a chuckle to themselves. Well, I don't feel anything, sir. Really, you feel nothing about that. You don't even feel anger. Well, maybe a little bit. Send him to the <laughs> send him to the Hall of Combustion. That's the only thing this society does is just like execute people. It's their entire economy. Yeah, pretty much every job in Libria is in some form of processing people from interrogation to execution. Yeah, it seems like there are actually more people who are sense rebels than there are, like, <laughs> you know, citizens clerics. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, Angus McFadden, like, sort of uh, puts the idea in his head that, like, oh, there's sense criminals all around you and you're too stupid to notice it. So, of course, he thinks back, hey, what was up with my partner just taking I- that book for himself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he, he tracks um, Sean Bean to um, the, the, the local abandoned cathedral in the nethers where people go to read. And he just, <laughs> he catches him in there and he's, of course, reading, you know, he's, he's reading Yeats. He's reading Sailing to Byzantium and having a little cry to himself, thinking about the birds in the trees. Um, and then he's just like, uh, yeah, he's like, I've, I've been feeling stuff for years, dude. And then he just like, and then Sean, and then Christian Bale executes him by shooting him through a book in his face. Yeah, and you could tell like Kurt Wimmer was like thought that was the sickest thing in the world. Like in his mind, it's like you know he would if you showed Kurt Wimmer like street art where it's like a kid is stopping a soldier's bullet by putting a book in the barrel of his gun, he would like break down in tears because it's like, oh yeah, would you die for knowledge? <laughs> like okay think of a poem think of a poem uh uh yates okay uh uh think of painting think of a painting uh uh the mona lisa uh uh think of music uh uh what's the best music uh beethoven (laughs) yeah 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 everything i think that's why like i loved it so much as a 12 year old because it's like that in when you're like a kid it's like oh i wonder what smart people listen to uh probably beethoven (laughs) moonlight sonata so um, he, he, he executes his partner for a sense crime. And then, of course, he gets a new partner uh, played by Tay Diggs, who it, it, like is, is, is like the biggest prick. You know, he's like he, he's clearly like he sees Christian Bale as like, oh, he, he's the top cleric, but I'm going to be the number one daddy of the Tetragrammatron. But he can't help but like smirk all the time. I don't know if this is. Well, I mean, maybe <laughs> it is intentional because we will get to the end of this movie. There's a little a little twist. Yeah. But 
a, a big theme in this movie. I mean, there's a couple of twists. In here. <laughs> this is like the most confusing movie ever made. <laughs> you have to be pretty intelligent to follow the plot of this movie. Yeah. It's like when I first saw Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible as a kid, and I was like, that was awesome, but like, in a, never in a million years will I understand what took place in that movie because it's just too complicated. No, I saw that movie when I was six, and I like got mad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I like cried alone, like watching it in a room with a TV because I didn't understand it. Um, so then he has a he starts having dreams because one of the last things uh, Sean Bean says to him, he's like, "You're you're treading on my dreams," which I believe is a line from Yates. I don't know exactly which poem it is, but Kurt Vimmer certainly knows. So he's like, do you have dreams? And he's like, not, not since I started taking prosium. <laughs> and he goes, well, you're treading on my dreams. And then he shoots him in the face. So, but, he has to, but he starts having dreams, and he has a flashback to his wife being arrested for sense offense. And she kisses him before she's taken away to the... Uh, Ooh, she kisses him, and then, but like, he doesn't really register that much. But he's like, his his emotional glaciation is beginning to thaw out. And then we learn that it was actually like a role play thing, and that they were having an orgy with all the cops that came to arrest them. She that was like the last act of being a sex nerd in Libria. <laughs> <laughs> what does she do to get set to sex crimes jail? They she don't. Like, they don't she, say. They just say that she, she had feelings. <laughs> uh, I don't know. She uh, she she kept a uh, like a. A piece of colored fabric in her pocket, which, yeah. which she touched from time to time. Yeah, no, it, it seems it's amazing they don't execute more people because it's like the way you get revealed is like, yeah, it's like, oh, you have an Uncle John's bathroom reader, like just out in your house. We have to kill you. Well, they execute a lot of women because women be feeling. <laughs> yeah, there are like no women. In yeah, there's movie. like there is two women portrayed in this entire society. One, his dead wife. And then Emily Watson, who sort of looks like his dead wife. Yeah. That's it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but also his son is like the most evil snitch of all time because his son is like the overlord of the apartment who's like the, 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 the no color, uh, no uh, adornment apartment that they live in. His son is just always watching him like a hawk and just being like, Dad, did you, did you take your prosium? And then, oh, like, he, uh, the, it all starts to go wrong or, or good, depending on how you look at the movie. Uh, when he's like, he's brushing his teeth and he drops his vial and it shatters on the ground before he can dose his neck with it. And then his son sees that and he's like, ah, you'll be going to equilibrium tomorrow and reporting this, right, father? And he's like, yes, son, you're a good citizen for noticing this. But, you know, the first part of his rebellion is that he notices what an annoying little shit his son is and he feels mad about it. Yeah, yeah. that's his first feeling. That's his first foray into sense crime. And that is a message to like anyone who's listening who has kids you are like you're rebelling against the system if you like don't like your kid. It's true. You're you're expected to uh, appreciate your children, and if you don't, that just shows your resistance. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to weave this in, but I just have a, a note here um, that says uh, Mayor Bl Mayor Bloomberg. All human conflict comes from a desire for soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we say. That this is Bloomberg's New York, and he was just that's what it was like when in like 2008 he would just get on big TVs and be like. All wars started because both sides wanted to acquire big gulps. <laughs> All like, wars tons started. Of, tons of NYPD officers, they saw their wives executed because they were hoarding soda. <laughs> so they would tear down a false wall in the house. They would like pull out a book on a bookshelf, and there's just a room full of like Mountain Dew, yeah, Surge, <laughs> Jolt Cola. Well, he's on to something because soda does make you too sugar candy hyper, and that's a feeling. Well, yeah, that, but that's like, that's how. 
you know, we created the Sistine Chapel. Things like that with soda. <laughs> soda is like, yeah, it occurs in nature and it's good for us. <laughs> Felix has vials of soda that he shoots into his neck so, yeah. he, can, so he can do good podcasts good. Yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're, you're like annoying little shit son walking by you and see that you drop soda on the ground. You will be reporting to Costco tomorrow <laughs> to pick up more Coke Zero. Okay, so uh, then, okay, so he's, he's off with his, uh, his new partner, uh, Tay Diggs, um, and then like uh, to arrest uh, Emily Watson, uh, who is a woman who has gone off her dose and has an illegal mirror frame, which they break <laughs> yeah. immediately. Um, and then, but of course, she also has a secret feeling feelings cave filled with you know like uh, Funko Pops and Garfield collections and <laughs> yeah. things like that. Um, and they take her off, but you know if Christian Bale's like you know we need her alive. I need, I want to interrogate her. Um, because because you know he's off his 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 meds too, and he's, he's starting, starting to, have, to feel he's starting to have feelings and dreams, and he's sort of like uh, like like pulling down the the weird like latex cover on his bathroom window so he can look at rain and feel shit. So and then he starts doing um he starts doing like a uh, little acts of rebellion, like moving the stapler on his desk to a different corner, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm just trying to optimize my working space, fellow comp citizen. Yeah, there's a, when he go when he goes to the office like doing the thing where every person who lives in Libria walks in the same tunnel every day. He like his like lower lip starts moving and he's like, no, I like have to do this and takes off his glove and feels a railing. Like it just a very weird way to show him feeling emotion. Yeah. He starts wanting to touch people on public transit. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of, it's very reckless because he starts doing stuff like moving his, his stable around. Meanwhile, everybody else at the, at the feelings cop headquarters, every time they see you, they're just like, Hey, uh, guy with feelings says what? Yeah, yeah. He's the worst. Like he's the worst at hiding. At hiding that he's a feeling rebel of all time. Like he sucks at it. But do you think that that's sort of like? I mean, we were laughing about it in the movie because he is like when he like the, the more he starts to try to like cover for the way he's feeling, the worse he is at it. Yeah. Like no, you know, he, like, he just gets feelings all over them. Yeah, he's like he he's just he's snickering to himself when he sees a feeling cop like trip and fall. He's like. <laughs> Oh fuck! I gotta go keep this in. But wouldn't that make sense to someone who's like never had feelings? He wouldn't be very good at hiding them, right? That know? is what most of our listeners are like when they move out of their parents' house. <laughs> uh, then there's like uh, many scenes in this movie are just more and more SWAT raids on like feelings caves. Yeah, like I'd and they, say- they go to the feeling glory hole and they like just sort of peek through and just catch a little little suck of feeling. Yeah, like there's this one one of the feelings raids that they do. He'll like go into he'll go into like a feeling hidden room that's like you know tucked away somewhere deep and he'll put on like yeah beethoven and just start weeping it's awesome you, you said when uh, it's like yeah he finds an old record player and of course like beethoven so yeah you, know, you can't listen to beethoven that's the heavy yeah, shit that's, the, that's, that's like, like fent well no he said it's like it's like when cops like accidentally od yeah. on fent because <laughs> they like they snort one molecule yeah. of it and they're like oh i'm dying yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I see a snow globe of Paris, a place I've never been, I start crying like a baby. Oh, yeah. He listens to Beethoven and picks up a snow globe of Paris, and it's, like, too much for him to handle. Yeah. It's like, I'm just imagining him going to, like, a fucking, uh, uh, like, a bookstore at an airport and just falling onto his knees. (laughs) Just, like, taking out a cat or nine tails and whipping yourself because you're reading, like, a Michael Crichton novel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then in in my... my favorite scene in the movie. So, like, it's not, it's, it's got, I mean, it would be bad enough if these, these filthy sense criminals were just like courting Beethoven and, you know, uh, old copies of Penthouse and whatnot. But 
they find a hidden stash of dogs. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. no. Yeah, and Aww. they like like the funniest thing, like there's a lot of funny shit with the dog scene. Well, first of all, it's a good scene because it introduces like a moral complexity to the movie where it's like up until this point you thought the tetragrammaton clerics were bad because they're just like, you know, killing feelings criminals for, you know, yeah, like listening to uh Journey. But now it's like, well, now they actually are finding like a societal evil of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like it is funny during that scene because like they find the dogs and like they've only been doing this for like 20 years and Tay Diggs is like, why do they have them? To eat them? And it's like, we would remember why we had dogs, <laughs> fucking idiot. No, they've suppressed all knowledge of dogs. They're like, they, they don't even have a word for it. They're like, what are these things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They like, ha- they're like, they show photos like later in the movie of like Sean Bean hanging out with Emily Watson and they're wearing like normal clothes and it's not Libria. And it seems to be like 10 years ago. And it's like, you haven't been doing this. Like you would remember what a dog was. Like if you well, know what World War One and World War Two and World War Three were, it would be like, oh, we like had these as companions when we had emotions. Well, you know what? I mean, they, they remember what dogs are at least enough to know what to do, what to do with a dog. That's just shoot them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To line them up and gun them down. And we've seen like hundreds of people get mowed down with bullets. But then suddenly Preston sees the threat of a puppy being murdered, and that's when he loses it. Yeah, no, they find this. I think it's like a Burmese mountain dog yeah. puppy, and they're just like, they're like, <laughs> again, he's like, thirty SWAT guys have their guns ready to go, and he's picked up this dog and is looking at it directly in his eyes. His lip quivers. Yeah, <laughs> just he's like, mm. and then he's like, uh, 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 a citizen, I'm taking this dog to processing myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a special dog execution chamber at my house. <laughs> well, he, he, the excuse he gives is like, he's like, he's like, yeah, there's a lot of diseases in the nethers. Yeah, they're spreading diseases. So we, I'm, I'm going to interrogate this thing. <laughs> Yeah, he was going to test it for a disease by taking it into the city while just holding it. We were, la- we were laughing like after they kill all the dogs, Tay Diggs is like, sir, we found several barrels of peanut butter in the back of this compound. <laughs> that's how they, I mean, like, that's how they jumpstart the feelings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when Kurt Warmer was like, what's the worst thing I could ever possibly imagine the, in my entire imagination? It's a bunch of puppies dying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we get to do the peanut butter like, trick with them. <laughs> yeah, like 75,000 people die in this movie. <laughs> like, so, every uh, scene. So, like, uh, so there's a scene where, like, he, um, he like, late, later, later that night or, like, a couple of days later, he's in his, like, and uh, what is it about, like, the, the cars they drive in this or just, like, an all-white Toyota Corolla? Yeah, it, it'll be like a Camry that has like an ev- like a boxier frame put on it because that's like the least emotional car. It's like if you drove a Subaru, that's an emotion and you oh, need to be fuck. killed. Yeah, I have a Subaru. God damn it! All right, so like, so yeah, like he's 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 leaving Libria and he's going through a checkpoint and he's like uh, uh, a cleric Preston going to the Nethers to do some official business. They're like, okay, sir. Uh, have a no feelings day. Bye. Um, so he goes there, but Tay Diggs is following him because Tay Diggs is, of course, is like very suspicious because he's like, why is this guy snickering to himself and, you know, <laughs> being emo? <laughs> why, why is he looking like sort of like longingly at windows when it's raining and stuff like that? So, so he's like, he's, he's secretly followed into the nethers. And it's like the, the bad part of town. And he thinks no one's around and you're like, oh, what's going on? And then he opens the trunk of his car, his white Toyota Corolla, and he's had the cute puppy in there for days. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's kept the he kept he's kept the puppy. He's hidden the puppy away from the thought police in the trunk of his car. But because this is you know uh, Libria, 
There's no music. The dog doesn't have any music to not, listen to. None of his favorite music. It's just a hot trunk of a car. With well, a bunch of guns inside. The dog's just like fucking around in there with all these guns lying around. Well, I mean, that is like one thing that's true in Libria, also true in our society. The trunk is the dog's favorite part of the car. <laughs> it's where they love hanging out. So, like, you know, he's, uh, he, he's, he takes the, the puppy out of the trunk of the car and is going let to it, let it loose because he's like, uh, Hey, like, go on, get. I don't, I don't have any, I don't know what to do with you. And then, of course, the puppy, like, you, you know, once it's imprinted on you, it's going to follow you around. He probably already fed it. And it's just looking at him with his puppy eyes. But no, thought police show up, feelings cops show up, and they, they roll up in a huge dump truck and they're like, halt, citizen. Yeah. Stay right there. What are you doing? And this is where the real movie starts. Yeah. Like, the real, the meat of this movie is Tetragrammaton cleric John Preston just murdering cops by like the thousands and this these parts are actually sick because like there's like a you think he's gonna get away with it because like the um the head like street sergeant of the feelings cops are like uh oh i didn't recognize you cleric preston uh carry on oh oh, yeah wait i I saw (laughs) this guy i saw this guy on a blimp yesterday telling me not to turn it to turn into (laughs) thought criminals yeah my bad uh my my bad cleric preston but then they hear like a bark, uh, like a little puppy's like yelp. And he was like, that's just my ringtone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, but, and then like instantly, instantly they're like, he's a sense offender, stop him. <laughs> and he, but Christian Bale just like, because these are like the worst cops of the Tetragrammaton, uh, Christian Bale just takes out his two like desert eagles and just smokes like 10 of them. Captain, I'm asking you one last time. Don't do this. Which is, to be fair to Christian, to this movie, Christian Bale is able to repeatedly kill all these guys because they're like, okay, we have these long G36 rifles. Let's all stand two inches away from him in a circle where we can't even like extend our guns and he can just beat the shit out of us with karate. Well, their mobility is limited because they're all wearing uh, Daft Punk helmets and long leather BDSM trench coats, so they're not really good at fighting. No, they suck. Like, it's like, it honestly reflects poorly on the rebels that it's like, their plan is basically like, your plan should basically be like, just run at these guys. They can move like 20 degrees a minute. (laughs) It does really seem to suggest that the only person who was keeping the No Feelings dictatorship alive was Christian Bale. Everyone else sucks. Like, everyone else sucks bad. Yeah. I mean, honey, have you seen those muscles? Hello? <laughs> That's the other thing. That's the only thing I didn't like about this movie. It doesn't explain, like, he doesn't, like, you can't get a body like Christian Bell's in this movie <laughs> and not do weights. And all he does is, like, karate. Yeah, Felix will be starring in the sequel to Equilibrium called Equinox. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like, if you go to Equinox, it looks like Libria. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just drab and depressing yeah. as well. Yeah, like, no, when I check in there, they're like, how do you feel coming here? And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a guest pass? No. Correct. <laughs> you pass. I, I've seen. I've turned in a lot of feelings criminals who you know hang out in the sauna. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the clerk at the desk has a gun under the, 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 the yeah. desk. <laughs> 
Yeah, but except one day I'm going to go there and I'm going to accidentally like hear an Everlast song and like a tear is going to roll <laughs> down my eye. And then the Equinox clerics will surround me and I'll just beat the shit out of them with a weight bar. <laughs> Shake a 45 bar and just destroy them. What's the name of the, the medicine again? The feelings medicine? Prosium. Okay, prosium. So next time you get emotional at an Equinox, just take your prosium, which is what, muscle milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Mm. Well, I, at Equinox, they like... They sell some like bullshit muscle milk that like comes in like a uh, Libria type container that's called like you know Enliven or something. It <laughs> probably that costs like you know nine dollars, <laughs> but there's no difference. So after he, he uh, saves a puppy from both his the trunk of his hot car <laughs> and uh, thirty feelings cops, uh, then it's like it's the next day and he just decides to get a you know it's it's not weightlifting but he does a little training. And by training, I mean like it's he's in a big empty room in like the hall of uh, the hall of muscles, and, <laughs> yeah, the stud hall. <laughs> and he's just sort of like doing like he's holding a stick. Like yeah, he's, he's doing like kendo. He's doing kendo, yeah, and he's waving a stick around. But then, of course, Tay Diggs shows up, and he's just like, "Care to train with me?" And he's like, "I, I don't care, but I will." <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like, "Oh God, this guy's good." <laughs> yeah. So they do they do a kendo like uh, sort of like a yeah like a um, stick battle. Um, and, and Tay Diggs is like, I, I'm on to you. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about all those feelings cops that got killed in the nethers last night. He's like, yes, if I was thinking about them, I certainly wouldn't feel anything about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that scene was like big for me when I was a little kid because it was like, I wanted to like do that in my basement, but there was like a ping pong table there. <laughs> I don't even know like why I wanted to do that. It's like, oh, in case there's like a feelings dictatorship when I turn like 15, and, I need three years of doing this. And then Tate Diggs lets him know that um, according to like father, the benevolent overlord of the society, he's like, uh, father has passed a new decree. There will be no more interrogations of uh, sense, sense offenders. They will be executed on site. It's it's fucking on site. If yeah, you know, if you catch any feels, it's on site. And that was like Christian Bell was using like before when he after he after he stopped taking Lexapro, but like before that, like his way that he would get away with not killing feelings criminals would be like, oh, we have to interrogate them to find more. Like, and yeah, like I have he, to waterboard this dog. <laughs> and he spends a lot of time with Emily Watson in her like detainment cell, and he, he's just he's just like, uh, like she's like, oh, you don't know what the word friend means. And he's like, Webster's defines it as oh, <laughs> like a companion. That's not associate. <laughs> yeah. Those scenes are awesome because it's just like, it's like Emily Watson and Christian Bale are both like good actors in my opinion. But like the writing is like, it's like they're trying to do their best, but the writing is like, she'll go like, I bet if, I bet if someone cried in front of you, you wouldn't even know what you were seeing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's like, because he's like off his medication, he's like, I... <sighs> Do what I do for society. <laughs> like, it's so like, there's such weird scenes. Yeah, she says about the French. She's like, Fred, you don't know what that word means. It's just a feeling you've never felt. <laughs> yeah, and then he starts like crying. <laughs> like it's awesome. No, this is like Terminator Two, except like it'd be like at the end before he gets lowered into the vat of molten steel. He's like, I still don't know why you cry, and it's still something I can't do. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So again, like. Just like another scene in this movie, like Tay Diggs is like, okay, we're doing another raid on a feelings factory. Meet, meet you there. Let's let's tool up. And then like they just drive a dump truck through 
what looks to be like a sort of like a meth lab for yeah, like for it looked like they were actually manufacturing feelings. There's like, they were making big oil drums and like beakers yeah. and like Erlenmeyer flasks. They're like, it's fucking, it's a fucking raid. Somebody, someone hide these feelings. Yeah. Every location in this movie is a brutalist building, and the inside looks like the set of Top Chef or like <laughs> <laughs> what's his name, Brundle's lab from The Fly. Yeah, like, yeah. Every room is that. Yeah, it's like they don't go into a lot of like. I wish there was more world building in this movie where it's like, okay, like, what's food like if you can't have emotions? Like, what what is the Rebel Society like? But as far as we, the Rebel Society is just like, it's just like a bunch of like, sort of like, dirty looking guys, like, who like, seems to have like, less emotions than the Tay Diggs character. It's they just have, like, like, guys with facial hair. Yeah. Looking yeah. Dingy. It's look at these fucking hipsters <laughs> and their freaking feelings. Yeah, no, yeah. It, every scene they have where they kill all those guys they're just like completely emotionless. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, who's the feeling criminal here? And then they it's they all just hang out listening to like records. Like they're listening to the Snoopy and the Red Baron song. <laughs> <laughs> while they're flipping through old issues of good housekeeping to have feelings and, and just waiting for the cops to come and murder them. That's the, all yeah. they do. That's all they do. But so like and then like uh like uh, he, uh, uh, uh cleric Preston uh once again kills like 30 feelings cops and like they're like the, the whole army of feelings cops are in just like the next uh factory burnt out factory door over yeah they're there, and they're right outside and he kills like another dozen cops and then helps the hipster criminals get away but then tay diggs is like thank you for leading them right into my trap i just realized why the feelings cops are so bad at fighting it's because they're they're not quick to anger because they have no feeling and like that's what happens when you're on What's it called? Prozac? Pro <laughs> when you're on Prozium, you can't be good at like freaking beating up people because yeah. you're not quick to anger. I mean, yeah, like, like, yeah, that scene before, like Christian Bell is like clearly leading these rebels out and he's just like yelling at them as loud as possible. Like, go, go, they'll kill you. And the fucking idiot cops stand around him for like five minutes and are like, uh, hey, Claire Preston, what are you doing? And it, <laughs> th then there was like a five minute zoom into Christian Bell's like nose. And then he just like takes out his pistols and beats the shit out of like after of doing them. putting the little uh, metal spike coming out of the end of the butt, which is enough to cave in some. Yeah, no, he stoves in all their Daft Punk helmets yeah. and destroys them. I remember like um, that's part of Gunkata. That's part a, of the total weapon system. Me and a group of friends were arguing about that scene, and I was like, "No, that's actually smart because like if that was happening, you wouldn't react quick enough." if like a tetragrammaton cleric decided to kill you <laughs> and my friends are like, that's a good point. Felix has spent 30% of his life defending this movie to the dead. <laughs> no, it was a big part of my childhood was like telling people about equilibrium and then like them not talking to me anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, uh, and, then, and then there's some, some moment where uh, Tay Diggs is like, perhaps you, you should execute these feelings traitors. And Christian Bill's like, okay. And then he like gives him the gun back and he's like, actually, you do it. And then they're just like, all right, fine. Flawless misdirection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fine. They're okay with that. Um, and then I forget why, but like he, uh, I don't know, like he finds another feeling stash and uh, he realizes that Emily Watson and Sean Bean were like lovers mm. because there's a photo of them together with the word freedom written on the back. <laughs> <laughs> this movie fucking owns. Um, and then he uses that to contact the, 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 the leader of the underground, played by William Fitchner, who says that he's like, 
you, I know you've been looking for me. My name is Jurgen. <laughs> I'm Jurgen, the leader of the underground. And you could tell it's the underground because they're literally underground. They're watching people's feet like, yep. walk around they're up under on the, the ground. The, the, the gray, drab, boring sidewalk. Yep. Everyone's going uh, down the same industrial tunnel to their job at the walking in a circle factory. Yeah, this is like one of the most literal movies I've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> Probably the most. Oh, and then like, uh, so, he, so he contacts the, the underground. Um, but before the underground can like uh, really uh, start using him, they have to give him a polygraph test. They give him, they give him the boner test. They have to make sure that you know he's, his his heart still pumps blood. So they show him some sexy sexy. They show him Lola Bunny from Space Jam <laughs> yeah. and see how sprung he gets for it. They show him the green M M&M and M and then they ask him the trick question: Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! More food? No, oh, no, I replaced the cookie that I ate. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay yeah. Felix has been Felix has been eating all the Catherine streets all week long. Uh oh, Felix oh, is in his feeling. Felix, more like feeling things. Yeah. You're under yeah. arrest. I like I like I pulled a book on the shelf. I like uh, pulled that poster of The Godfather, and it opened up a false wall with all these cookies inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just started weeping, and then my terrible son was like, "I will let uh, you will report to Equilibrium tomorrow to replace the cookies." <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, then, like, okay, so like, he goes back to uh, to Angus McFadden, who's who's the, the he's he's the daddy of the, the society. He's not he's not the, we we we. So Angus McFadden um, starts getting mad at him, and it's like getting mad at him in a very obvious way, where he's just like, "Cleric Preston, uh, we sent you to infiltrate the resistance. Uh, well, what do you have to show for it?" And he's like, "Nothing yet, sir." And then he punches a table, and he's like, that's not good enough. And it's just like, wait a second. Those are feelings, dude. Wouldn't he get shot on sight? You are sight? doing feelings. You're he's all doing feelings. He's pounding the table. He's like punching drywall, being like, "Yeah." he's like, our perfect society is on the brink of collapse. What are you doing here? I think if I was in to go into the mind of one of the leaders, one of the members of the council, as they're known, I would say, look, feelings, they're bad, but some of us can handle it, and we will well, deserve to be in top, in charge. Well, We'll see where that. We'll see what happens with that. But um, in, in order to um, like more fully in, uh, sort of lead the revolution, uh, Christian Bale takes it upon himself to finally watch the <laughs> watch the save footage of his wife's execution. And it's a sort of interesting thing in the society uh, when they take you to the, the the hall of processing, the hall of combustion, the hall of combustion. <laughs> <laughs> they, they take you to go to do busting. They tell, they take you to get busted. They That's take what you they to bust. They yeah. take you to a room to bust. But before they do that, they put. They put like a red leather hood and cape on you, or like a, yeah. a play, sort of like a, a shiny leather hood and cape. Yeah. And then they walk you down a hall, and instead of just shooting you and burning the body, they make you just walk into a closet that that like gets on that is a fire room. But that's the weirdest thing. They like have you put on the leather cape for like a minute, and, and then, then you, you have take to it take off. it off. Like it's so like there is there is a secret feelings criminal who like establishes process because it's so theatrical. Yeah. Places, everybody. Yeah, yeah, places. It's, Mar- yeah, it's Lindsey Graham, like, found a place in the feelings government. Well, what's more joyless than, like, the idea of having to, like, reuse all of your ritual capes? It's like, we don't make uh, custom ones for all the uh, people on death row. We reuse them and sent them to, like, a scary, uh, what's it called, dry cleaning factory that looks like uh, a psychiatrist's office or whatever. Every room in there looks like a scary psychiatrist's office. Ever, I guess anyone, that's the only... Ju- they, they, it all looks like psychiatrist's office because there's no more need for them in the future so that they've repurposed all their offices into the you know the hall of bussin <laughs> that, that's like 
That's probably what happened is like the one guy who made the leather cape was he had to have been a feelings criminal. And they're like, look, like the cape's great for this, but like you wouldn't have made you would have like made it just like gray if you weren't actually feeling it's time to put it on. But uh, like before they're like, no, 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 wait, no, we can't make another. He was the only guy who knew how to make that. Yeah, it's like the redness of the cloak, like like, it signifies the danger of emotion. Mm-hmm. And 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 the fact that it's not incinerated just just means that there's only one of them, and they have to they have to share it with every one of the 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 thought the feeling criminals that they execute. So uh, Christian Bale watches his wife get murdered and like catches feels about it for the first time ever, and then he's like, oh fuck, and then he he, he walks in in a very emotional way and then starts running. Which in this society, oh, oh, homie, if I catch you in Libria running. It's on site. You'll be yeah, because, yeah, because it's, like, it's like you would only be running if you were late to somewhere or really wanted to be somewhere. And, and that's it's like that's feelings. You wouldn't be late if you didn't have emotions. Emotions cause lateness. Yep. Because you're like, oh, I don't look good enough to leave. That's so, a feeling. So so he runs to the hall of Bussin just in time to see Emily Watson get incinerated in one of the fire closets. Owned. And then what does <laughs> yeah. he do? Uh, he walks out, he walks down the steps of the Hall of Busting and then collapses into a fetal position in the middle of the street and starts crying. Yeah. And that's the moment when Tay Diggs is like, you're under arrest. Like everything leading up to this, they were just like, it was all one big sting to get him in this one, the most obvious emotional outburst ever. I actually think the line Tay Diggs says is you're under arrest for being a pussy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tay Diggs arrests him and he's like, I, I told you I'd make my career off you, Preston. And then he takes him before the uh, the, the, the the feelings dictator, Angus McFadden. But he's like, I told you I would get the leader of the resistance and bring him to you, right? And he's like, yes, you did. And he goes like, well, I just did. And then everyone looks at Tay Diggs and they're like, uh, the gun you're carrying that says John Preston on the <laughs> bottom of it was the one used to kill all those cops in the nethers. Yeah, and then but you're like, holding it. But you're holding it. And he's just like, whoa, 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 wait, no, no. And then like, take him away. His feelings of indignation about being in, uh, in, in unjustly accused, that's a feeling. Honestly, that's true. You could, you'd never arrest anyone unjustly because all they'd have to do is get mad at you accusing them and they're already, they're guilty. So Christian Bell did the old gun switcheroo. That's actually a major part about gun kata and using guns as a total weapon is that you can plant them on people as well. At your leisure. And so he's like, very, very good, John Preston. Like, you've, you've, you've arrested the cleric that was at the heart of the feelings resistance. And so, and then like, uh, he goes home. They're like, they're like, but we're still going to search your apartment. I mean, surely you don't have any problem with that. And he's like, no, it be quite right of you to search the apartment. Uh, and then he immediately uh, runs out of the office yeah. and, then, and then runs home. He's like pouring sweat. He's like, all right, just give me one, one second. And then he goes into his bathroom and like pulls out the mirror where he's been hiding all of his prosium doses and they're gone. And he's like, oh, fuck, fuck, they're on to me. They're on to me. And then his evil son is behind him. And he's like looking for these, father. And it's a handful of all the prosium It's doses. mango jewel pods. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, father Bloomberg has outlawed these. What are you doing with them, father? No. But here's the, here's the first of many twists at the end of this movie. His evil da- Damien fucking omen child was actually on his side the entire movie. And he goes, you should be more careful in the future. His, his evil son, who he thought was like the, like the, the most ruthless snitch in history is actually on his side but unlike christian bale he's just actually good at suppressing his emotions and he's like hey uh dad if you're gonna be the underground you're gonna have to do a lot better at hiding these emotions (laughs) quit fucking up dude so his son was in fact not evil 
but had been a feelings rebel ever since his mother was incinerated. Yeah, he's not been on the juice the entire time. And I'm sure if we opened up his closet, he'd have cute like Palm Springs antiques in there, cuckoo <laughs> yep. clock. Yeah, hang in there, baby poster. <laughs> <laughs> is he getting a cookie? What are you doing? He's eating his... Is that a sandwich? Yeah. Why are you holding it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm a feeling criminal. <laughs> I just have feelings for the listeners at all. I sliced off a bit of the sandwich. You're holding it. You're like holding the whole thing. Like the table. bread's on top. The bread's on top. This is what I sliced off a bit of one of the excess sandwiches we were given. And th- this is like what Christian Bale does when he. No, like the bread. I don't know. Felix is holding a hunk of sandwich in his hand, like it's a fucking. If like, you, like it's a, he's holding it three sixty degrees around. Every <laughs> every exposed part of the sandwich is covered by Felix's hand. No, like look, it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's why you loved this movie as a kid because you, your parents said to you, Felix, you have too many feelings. Felix, you hold sandwiches weird, and you said, Ah, oh, that's because I'm a freaking rebel, mom. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what it was. Well. I mean, I was also looking in the the feelings fridge for a feelings uh, diet coke. Okay, all right, coke. listener. I mean, I'm I'm putting feelings traitor Felix on blast <laughs> right now. Living with him this past week, not only <laughs> has he been uh, eating all of Catherine's cookies and drinking her diet cokes, but I saw you uh, uh, like you you ordered takeout and it was just like it was here on the coffee table and I saw you open the bag and it was like the most absolute chaos shit I have ever seen in my life. The bag was stapled at the top. And rather than opening the bag from the top, you ripped it down the side while you were holding it in the air. And then, like, I swear to God, in a millisecond, you used your tetragrammaton-like reflexes to catch probably a 32-ounce green smoothie from just spilling directly out of the side of the bag and splashing everywhere. But it was... You have extreme chaos energy. Well, okay, so to defend myself... The staplers were po- the staples were poking out a lot, and they seem sharp. And I have like very delicate skin, and it's like I have hurt myself on those before. Never hurt myself on the side of a bag. We you, we you, horny police feelings, police. I know we've been talking a lot about abolishing the police this year, but we got to bring uh, the feelings police back to lock Felix up, throw away the freaking key. Yeah, yeah. he's talking about, about the Felix police. Yeah, <laughs> Just get rid of this right, guy. Well, to quote Equilibrium, <laughs> it's the price I pay gladly. <laughs> you're treading on my dream. You're yeah. treading on my food. Yeah, you're Alex. treading on my lunch. You're treading <laughs> on my lunch. Okay, so uh, we're, we're rapidly heading towards the climax of this movie. So uh, his son was on his side the whole time, and then as as a reward, uh, like oh, so so he goes to to Jurgen, William Fitchner's character, and he's like, okay, they're gonna let me meet father, the guy who's on all the screens, and we're gonna assassinate him. And then like the Jurgen explains to him that like all it takes is for the people to know that there's no head of the council anymore and that they'll, they will detonate the explosives we placed in the uh, prosium factories all over Libya, which were already there, ready to go. Which yeah. How do you question, remember like, this shit? I don't remember any of this crap. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like living in New York. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is how we're going to elect Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang is like the feeling is rebel, and all the other candidates are like the uh, father. He's like, hey, I'm feeling you. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, when, come on, I'm laughing. When Andrew Yang like does a speech where he's like, um, the spirit of New York is uh, <laughs> everyone taking the train to say hi to each other. That's like being a feelings rebel. It um, does make you wonder why they didn't just blow up the fucking factory whenever they wanted to, why they had to wait for this guy who never saw anyone to get assassinated. Yeah, yeah. It's The, the plan isn't the greatest. And it's also like, I don't need, even know why they had to do all this because it's like, 
when the plan is executed, the way that they like bring it to a close is just by like running at the shitty cops and blowing their brains out. And it's like you could have done that. You could have done that at any time. How are you getting rinsed every day by the feelings police? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so like so he so Christian Bale and the leaders of the resistance and William Fisher are like okay, you, we'll turn ourselves in like you you call the feelings cops on us and he's like I've got the leaders of the underground, it's over. There's no more feeling rebels, uh, and they're like okay very good. You've done very well, Cleric Preston. Your reward is you get to now wear a white unitard and you, <laughs> and you get to meet Father. And he's like okay this is, this is my chance. And before he meets Father. They're like, um, they're like, if you make eye contact with father, one of a thirty snipers will put you down immediately. <laughs> and they're like, but first you have to pass the test. And he's like, what? You don't want to say anything about the test? And they're like, wait, do you honestly think we would let anyone come near father if we had even a remote chance that they had feelings? And yeah, then they administer the hoe test where they, <laughs> yeah, they should. They did. They're like, how many? How many? Let me let me see your phone, citizen. Is the screen cracked? Oh, oh. Yeah, they show him like on a big screen. They show him like Doonesbury, and if he laughs, they <laughs> execute him. So they administer the feelings test to him, but uh, but uh huh, who's administering the test to him? It's Tay Diggs. He's back. Yeah. It was yeah. all a double blind. They were like, "We knew you were a feelings rebel the whole time. You've been crying every day in the bathroom the last week. <laughs> you didn't think anyone noticed? Yeah, you went to the evidence locker and you were like, um." Could I check? Could I check out uh, all of the Harry Potter books, please, <laughs> <laughs> to investigate uh, feelings crimes? Um, and then, like, they're like, "You fucking sap! There was no father. It's just a guy who's gonna blimp talking bullshit." And it's actually Angus McFadden is the guy who's been pulling the strings the whole time. Father is just a hologram. This whole society is bullshit, man. Yeah, it's, it's all absolute, bullshit. It's absolute bullshit society. And he he because. They needed a real feelings haver to infiltrate the underground. And so they basically manipulated him into getting feelings. So then he went and he connected to the underground. And Maybe that's how they executed his wife. This yeah. was like a long con. To they get got him, him the all arrested. Mafia. So now they won. It's it's feelings it's feelings cops one, feelings haver zero. <laughs> and there's no this plan is so good. There's, there's no, no way, way he yeah, could just like. There's absolutely pull out, no way. Yeah, they, they have not, him dead he's to rights. Surrounded yeah, no. by hundreds of feelings cops. There's it, no it, way. It, it's not like he. Where would have he hidden his secret guns? His sleeve. <laughs> What's he going to do? Just take out his secret guns and literally kill like a hundred guys in a minute? No. Yes. Well, that's, that's literally what, what happens. happens. So, like they, they got him to the last stage right before seeing father, and no one just gave him a pat down. Yeah. But I mean, sure, they hooked him up to the polygraph to tell that he has hella feelings, <laughs> but nobody checked out that, yes, he had two guns up his sleeves. And yeah. he, 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 two, he, like, desert eagles. Yeah, and, like, yeah, like huge, huge pistols. handguns. And, yeah, he kills probably 50 people. And in my favorite scene, there's, like, there's a long hallway of columns, and there's, like, at each column, there's two just bullshit guards with machine guns. <laughs> and he just runs through the hole, down the whole hall, just doing gun kata, just back and forth, shooting everybody. Yeah. These are my favorite like enemies in movies because it's like they're like tutorial enemies that he fights for the entire movie. Like they're always like, um, I think he's a feelings offender. Uh, prepare for him to kill us all in one hit. <laughs> um, so then, then he gets to the final door to see the final boss, and he kicks it through, and it's Tay Diggs and Angus McFadden. And this is this is the last twist in the movie. You realize that for the true upper elite 
of the feel and the anti feelings dictatorships yeah. are feelings hypocrites because it's a yeah. giant room that's adorned like one of Donald Trump's apartments. Yeah. And there's like there's there there's like chintzy art everywhere. And chandelier. Yeah. And fucking like p- paintings of dogs playing poker and yeah. fucking yeah. <laughs> like yeah. huge marble fucking bus. And like it's just a, yeah, it, it's a chintzy crap. And there we, this fucking asshole's been having feelings all along. The feelings core of this universe looks like a cheesecake factory and it's amazing. <laughs> that's like that's like the best insight into Kurt Wimmer is like, oh, if there was a world where like feelings were illegal and we executed anyone who listened to a record, the worst part would be that the head anti-feelings guy is a hypocrite and he like listens to Tony Bennett alone <laughs> with his one friend. <laughs> He's listening to the wheels on the bus go round and round. And there's like tears roll down yeah. his cheeks, and yeah. he's just overcome with powerful, yeah. powerful vibration. Join, join me, t- uh, Claire Preston, and we can listen to old McDonald together. <laughs> so uh, then, then he's like, you know, uh, uh, cleric T. Diggs, to deal with this traitor. And then, like Christian Bill kills him in probably three seconds by cutting his face off, like uh, across the face, so it just sort of slides down. This is awesome because it's like. Before, like, after the hallway and before Tay Diggs, they're like, oh, you got to our main room? Well, I bet you didn't think of this. And then, like, eight losers come out with, like, billy clubs. <laughs> with like, swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With swords. He just killed 100 guys with machine guns, and then there's eight guys with swords. And, no, and they're and like, they, we got you now. And once again, they choose to arrange themselves in, like, a perfect pentagram. They love circling this guy. Like a circle or directly around him. Which is literally how, that's how the gun kata system is designed to work, is to yeah. neutralize people surrounding you. And usually yeah. if you have a machine gun, you could be kind of, like, far away from the guy you want to kill, right? You have yeah. to go up really close to him in a small circle with all your friends and do the, like, horror around him. <laughs> like, he just, like, he, like, beats the shit out of them. And then, like, Angus McFadden, of course, like, shows, like, he's not, like, oh, no, he's, like, all right, well, we tried sending 50 guys after you. We tried sending eight guys. What about one guy? And it's like, Tay Diggs just slowly <laughs> walks to it, walks in front of him, and Christian Bale, like, gets seven cuts on him in, like, under a second. And it's like, that was the entire plan. And that, <laughs> yes, because at the end of that, then finally Angus McFadden's like, oh, shit. And but- then he decides to do gun kata at uh, <laughs> Christian Bale, which is very funny because he's... Uh, round as shit yeah he looks like Stuart lee but he gives christian bell like his best fight of the movie which is literally them like trying to shoot each other like either one of them could have stood back and like tried to shoot because guns shoot things at a distance (laughs) instead they stand right next to each other and try to like put the gun against each other's heads and then they just push the guns away back and forth it's like they're doing patty cake but with uh like a nine millimeter in their hands it's like just stand back dude one of you the first one to figure out stand back would have won that yeah i wanted to ask sarah about this uh this final scene especially when uh, tay Diggs's face gets sliced off i mean you're 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 a fan of and practitioner of the, the, the true lost art of gore and practical effects. And I was wondering how, how you rated the, the movie violence in this film. They completely uh, covered up the cum shot. You had a face <laughs> slicing off, and we had, instead of like seeing all of his guts spill out of his face, it was all CGI, and he wasn't even facing the camera. No. His face slid off. Like, if you could see, like, like, the, like, his face slid off, and you didn't even get to see, like, the holes of his eye where his eyes should be, like, the skull or whatever. Yeah. It was, you know what? This movie sucks the most because we. He put Christian Bale in a white cater waiter suit at the end of the movie. <laughs> He's about to walk into an enormous bloodbath massacre, honey. And he walks out of the bloodbath massacre completely spotless, not a drop of blood on him. We could have had a Jackie O suit moment. <laughs> 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 no, yeah. 
they yeah he like it just barely i yeah that seemed to be the point of the white suit they just didn't care <laughs> they, they didn't care didn't they care. had to shoot the entire movie in 16 minutes <laughs> <laughs> uh i gotta ask though because you are wearing your uh your your hellraiser t-shirt what is your favorite <laughs> moment of gore in the original hellraiser my favorite well it's got to be when frank rematerializes yeah, from that's the like floor. One of the, that is probably that scene where he rematerializes out of the floor is I think like probably the most art like artistically done and like impressive practical gore effect maybe ever. You literally get to see the origins of humanity from a pile, a, a, just a, a puddle pile of, of goo, goo and yeah. slime. And like did like a, like a, like a skeletal arm reaching out of the primordial goo and reassembling itself in in oh god, so well, okay. good. Okay, how does that stack up to the scene in this movie? <laughs> how does that stack up to the scene in this movie oh, where no. uh, Christian Bale is like looks out his window and sees sun on a blimp and cries? <laughs> Probably not that. Well, probably that scene is a lot better than the Hellraiser shit. <laughs> by the way, all the all the all of the big cityscape shots of Libria that we see, especially at the end, look like a fucking screensaver. It yeah, from like, like 1994, <laughs> they look like it was a screensaver from like the first computer that cost under a million dollars. Like, it's like it looks like he's playing Mist. Yeah, no, it you know, reminded me of Mist exactly. You know the screensaver where you go through the maze and all the walls are brick? Yeah, that's Libria. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, like uh, Sarah was not impressed by the 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 gore and the violence at the end of the movie. But like as Felix Act really pointed out to him, like it didn't look as cinematic. It's because like they actually killed those people at the end, and Christian yeah. Bale actually uh, murdered all those thought cops. When you make a movie in Germany, they let you do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, they like um, before he like kills Angus McFadden. Angus McFadden's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm a guy. And I have feelings. Do you really think you can kill me? And it's like, he just killed like 7,000 people like today. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, surely, surely he was aware that all of the, all of the, the, the cops that he just murdered also like probably had thoughts and feelings. As yeah. Well. Yeah. But he's like, um, he, they, a great callback. He goes, yeah. Angus McFadden goes, is it really worth it? Is that price really worth it? And Christian Bell goes, I pay it gladly. And then just, you know. Oh, but before, another, in another callback, Angus McFadden always says, uh, careful, Cleric Preston, you're treading on my dreams. So it's like, oh, uh, wow, he knows Yates too. <laughs> what a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's so sick how, like, yeah, that's the final message of the movie is that, like, the worst thing you can do is hypocrisy. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, and then, and then, oh God, I think that actually this may be my, my favorite scene in the movie. It's like after he kills um, uh, Angus McFadden, um, he breaks into like the the control center for Libria, where they run all of the blimp screens from like five iMac computers, <laughs> and, just, yeah. and then he like he's like all, all the technicians run out, and he does gun kata to all the computers, and they all blow up. And then we see scenes of like citizens around Libria, and they're like trudging into work robotically, and then the big screens that are just like. Yeah, art is evil. Uh, opium is good. <laughs> they all fritz out, and father's like image, like you know, like uh, gets static or whatever. And they're like, "What?" And then at that very moment, all the prosium factories blow up, and then out of nowhere, like thousands of sense rebels just kill every cop in the city. Yeah. They just all run at them and just just mow they, them down, which is funny. Very heavily, yeah, they could have like, done that at any point. They oh, could have like, like, ended this like when it started. Yeah, like every fucking sense cop gets killed all at once, and Christian Bale just sort of looks out at the, surveys the scene of the smoking ruins of this city, and smiles. And what I like about that is, from the very beginning, they make it clear that, like, look, executing feelers is the price we pay for not having any war. 
And at the end of the movie, they're just like, oh, like war is back. Because yeah. <laughs> society instantly devolves into absolute slaughter and anarchy. Well, like a small price to pay for feels. This is this is one of those movies that gets better when you like know about the guy who made it, Kurt Wimmer. And it's like I didn't know what we expected him to look like, but he's like incredibly hot. Yeah, like he's, he's Chad. He, he's like a giga Chad. He's a, like I hate this is overused now, but he is like a bimbo. And it's like you know this guy was like bumming around SoCal, like just blowing the backs out of like hot like bored Orange County milfs in Beverly Hills milfs and he was like and, the, and, the, and he was like I actually have this idea for a movie that's very cool and they're like okay fine like tell me and he's like imagine if feelings were illegal and there was karate you could do for guns because I like watched it, this movie with director's commentary when I was a kid that's how much I liked it and he's like yeah I would actually go in my backyard and uh, invent gun <laughs> he's so sick he fucking owns Um, we love Kurt Wimmer I I also found out that Kurt Wimmer wrote the screenplay for the movie Law Abiding Citizens with John Butler and Jamie Foxx which is one of of the most insane movies I think I've ever seen we should probably do an episode on that that's a great movie Will pulled up a picture of this guy like seconds after the movie was over and I instantly recognized him from his one he's such a he's so hot that I instantly recognized him from his one second on screen he has an Alfred Hitchcock like cameo as one of the feels rebels who gets executed by Tate Diggs and he looks like he's like fresh out of a like Neil Young and Crazy Horse like cover band concert (laughs) it's awesome he's like he's like he's like as they describe Rhaegar Targaryen but with like black hair of course he cast himself as one of the feels rebels because that's how he sees himself he's a feels rebel but he's right he is he's 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 aw- like he's awesome i it's like i wish there were more just like openly stupid filmmakers now it's like true. him this halfway bullshit is very annoying yeah, yeah i mean christopher nolan is pretty stupid but like right. his movies have these like 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 you know olympian fucking pretenses yeah. of like this is what smart people are into. Yeah. Like, you have to be smart to understand this. Yeah. I actually think he's onto something because maybe art should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we should rate male directors by, like, whether they're, like, you know, like a five, like Christopher Nolan, or a 10, like Kurt Wimmer. Like face and body 10? Because, honey, he's taking away the home run over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Kurt Wimmer probably has, like, a big pipe. If I, like, we should ask him. We should like email him. Hey, Kurt, me and my friends were just watching your 2002 film Equilibrium. Uh, we really liked a lot of the messages you had in it, and we agree that gun cut is the coolest and most practical way to use a gun. But like going on a scale of like iPhone 12 Pro Max to just iPhone regular Pro, how big is your dick? Is it like 1.8 iPhone Pro Maxes? <laughs> there is. A, we didn't mention this, but. We know it's called Gunkata because there's a scene in the movie when he's when Christian Bale goes to work and Angus McFadden is training clerics and it's a bunch of guys in a room doing moves and he is explaining Gunkata to them. The, the, the explanation is that they have analyzed millions of gunfights yep. and used and like ah. and created a sort of a, a matrix, if you will, of statistical probability based on the geometric patterns of movements, which will allow you to do maximum kill shots, but also maximum avoidance of return fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's basically like you do, it's like a cool dance. <laughs> and you do hand it's, motions. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You do hand motions and you sort of duck and like, you know. Yeah, it's got all of the, pla- the geometrical, ge- geometric planes 
and and the degrees and, and the angles the, and, and like yeah. it'll increase your killing capacity by a hundred and twenty percent. This is it's like that's why I love this movie. It's because it's like everything is like an existing IP now. But this is like this guy really like sat down for years and was like. I have to invent the sickest world possible, <laughs> and Gunkata was part of that. And you he know, did it in his backyard. You know, like, like, I like, love and, that. and like TV shows and movies now, like they have to have like a lore bible mm-hmm. that like like the writers can consult that are just sort of like what is canon in this universe. I'd like to imagine that Kurt Wimmer wrote an eight hundred page document <laughs> explaining Gunkata. He's probably still writing it. He probably like has a family and kids now. And he's the the they're like dad. I got into the new school, and he's like, no, I'm on page seven thousand of the Gunkata manual. <laughs> like he's still doing. He clearly it. put way 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 more thought into the Gunkata than any other element of the world he was building because it does not work or make sense. Like the obvious, the premise is like it's sense it, offender. It's sense offender. Arrest him. Arrest him. It's just not intuitive. Like they're banning emotions. It doesn't make sense. Like everyone uses language that has emotions in it, and the whole time you're like, that's a feeling. What are you talking about? Matt, because- Matt, Matt is demonstrating the feeling of smugness <laughs> right now. That- Send him to the Hall of Boston. <laughs> but that is like that is the funny Fe- feelings. Police arrest this man. That is the funniest thing about it to me is that it's like. Okay, like if the government was like we're banning was like okay, we have to ban feelings like prevent uprisings. They wouldn't like do speeches every day where they're like, "No, feelings, we're making you take something that doesn't allow you to have feelings because feelings are bad." Cuz it's like you couldn't really like get people on board with that. They would just probably they would like just put it in the water like they do with fluoride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're doing now and and be like, like they do with a vaccine, trail, yeah, yeah. something like that. They and like yeah. yeah, they wouldn't explicitly say that. It's like in 1984, where they're like, Big Brother isn't actually a guy. <laughs> like, uh, everything we say is bullshit, but you have to believe it so the world works. It's like, there's no, like, subtext. But that's, that's why this movie is amazing, because you have two, any, any, any number of, of movies have one, like, insanely stupid idea that the guy had and wanted to see on screen. This one has two, Gunkata and Illegal Feelings World. And that is what makes it special. If you had one without the other in either direction, it would not Matt, be as good. You say or like a world where feelings are illegal is a stupid idea. Okay, well, what about the world we live in right now under freaking cancel culture? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, what if I want to tell you that wokeness is a religion? Yes. Yeah. Tetragrammicon clerics, do, they, they cancel thought that's of what feeling the, offenders. That's what the PMC are. Yeah. They're the new clerics. And they yeah. are. They're all on fucking <laughs> antidepressants. Yeah. No, yeah, no, they are on prosium, yeah. And that's like they're they're training their kids to be managers, and their kids are like, you know, you didn't do like white fragility today. <laughs> you have to go to the hall of accountability. You have to go to race accountability. <laughs> you have to go to race to dinner, Dad. When I was growing up, kids used to flush their mommy's cigarettes down the toilet. Now kids are pulling out the white fragility from the toilet and giving it to mommy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think that does it for today's episode. We have now inducted uh, a new a new film into the Chapo Canyon and a new dumb guy director that we will uh, probably log as a genius for the next three years. We love him, Kurt Wimmer's. Kurt Wimmer should be like um, a senator. I think. Kurt Wimmer, if you're listening to this, I will say my number right now out loud. (laughs) My name is Sarah. It's 516. Actually, just DM me, and I love you. You're beautiful. Never change. He probably looks, like, even better now. Like, he's one of those guys where it's, like, you know, he's, like, a hot, like, 26-year-old, and now he's, like... You know, I don't know. He's like, you know, 73 years old and (laughs) he's like even better looking. He's like Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Only gets better with age. 
But it's like I we should do Law Abiding Citizen sometime too. We really should. That movie is its I, understanding of the American justice system is just it's so, awesome. So too many guy movies. We gotta get some girl movies up in here. All right, let's watch Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Honey, I'm listening. <laughs> well, uh, Sarah, if if Kurt Vimmer or anyone else would like to see the uh, the latest Sarah Scroom joint Sarah vaccine. Where should they go? Well, Kurt, I would love for you to watch okay. a, something with practical effects in it because maybe you put some of that in your CGI nightmare, honey. <laughs> and uh, yeah, go to means.tv to watch my little movie that nobody's watching. Hello, go everyone watch, watch it. That. Tap, Not just tap, Kurt. Tap. <laughs> yeah, everyone go watch it. And everyone follow Sarah on Twitter. Sarah, Absolutely. Sarah Squirm. Uh, Sarah, thanks again for hanging out with us oh, and watching. Thank you, Sarah. They gave me a donut when I walked in. Yeah, there's been a lot of treats going in and out of this. Don't house. T- don't t- tell people we have feelings. Don't, t- yeah, don't tell them that. Yeah, they're gonna go to the feelings kitchen island. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.